Welcome to the podcast. It is so nice to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me. So as you guys are coming in, I hope you're lighting your candle, burning your sage, your incense, maybe pouring yourself some tea, but whatever you're doing, I hope that you're just really relaxing into your space. Sacred Shark Radio has over 5,000 downloads with women from all over the world tuned in. We are sitting at number two, but we peak number two in Jamaica in the relationship category, number 33 in Nepal in the relationship category and also number 17 in Kenya in the relationship category and from the bottom of my heart to yours I just want to say thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you so so much it's been an honor to create an environment to successfully create an environment where shame does not exist and we as women come together and we just talk about the things that people are afraid to talk about you know i think it's really important that we begin to normalize talking about the things that are taboo or you know the darker places because it helps us to truly, truly heal and to feel nourished. So thank y'all so much, even for the messages, like the kind messages I get from women every single day of women just telling me like, hey, your podcast is really transforming my life and to know my truths and my wisdom. And the girl who was 16, who was 15, she would never imagine her story would one day transform other women lives and so it's a great honor to her and to me and to the woman I'm becoming so just thank y'all so much for helping me to create this podcast where shame does not exist where you know there is no type of no taboo thing on here we talk about anything and everything so thank y'all so much if you have not experienced sisterhood then please let this podcast let this space be your sisterhood to me this is a sisterhood this is women coming together and healing and nurturing this is a community of women this is a sisterhood so if you have not experienced sisterhood i'm your sister you are experiencing sisterhood every single time you come here and you listen to a podcast episode so i know i keep saying thank y'all but i just really want to just put that you know drill it Thank you. <laughs> Just thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, another announcement for the girls who are asking, hey, do you do any mentorship, any consulting calls? Yes, yes, yes. My one-on-one coaching is now available. So please go book your free intro call before it gets booked up. I only have them available for the weekends because on the weekdays, girl, we are busy. So Saturday and Sunday are where my free intro call will be available. Please go book yours where we will see if this coaching is truly, truly meant for you. If this coaching is resonating with you, if you feel called to my work, you feel aligned with my truths and you want to come deeper into yours and come deeper into your embodiment, I highly recommend you go book your free intro call where we will see if coaching with me, where we will, where we will be going deeper. It's morning time, y'all, so my words are a little bit just congested, <laughs> but we will see if this coaching is just really, really, really resonant with you. So please go book your free intro call before it gets booked up because I know so many girls, so many girls ask me, so please don't waste no time go book yours it's only available on saturday and sundays in my one-on-one coaching we go into menstrual care we get into relationships the deeper work of it 
We get into ancestral work. We get into womb work, womb healing, womb releasing. We get into intentional singleness, all that stuff. I'm pretty broad on so many levels. Um, so um expanded in so many levels and I just really thank y'all for allowing me to come into the space of mentorship where I can be leading so many women into their highest embodiment. This is my purpose and I'm so glad to be just working in purpose and just moving so many of y'all and thank y'all for moving me because you guys teach me so much. So just thank y'all for this community. Like this community is just so beautiful. Like I look back, I'm like this community of women that we're creating is just oh it's magnificent so yeah a quickly a quick weekly update so i got my outdoor garden started for those who are on my instagram they know about it because i post almost every single day about it yes i have an outdoor garden now i have broccoli i have strawberries i have peas all that good stuff it's mostly vegetables and flowers but yes if you're not following my instagram please go follow it because i post my garden so much on there my garden is just so beautiful so my peas have grew and they are growing very gracefully it has not produced any vegetables yet however it is growing so so much it grows pretty fast my broccoli has also sp sprouted after a week of me planting planting them like it's it grew very fast however i'm worried i'm worried about my strawberries because i planted them like in like early january so i'm kind of like okay i'm seeing absolutely nothing and you can still see the seed so i'm kind of like okay did I do anything wrong? And I'm very new at this gardening stuff. Like I'm very new at outdoor gardening. So if you girls are more experienced, please go in my DMs and tell me what I'm doing wrong with the strawberries because I literally planted them in early January. And now it's like February the 10th. Let me see. February 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 the 10th and they're still absolutely uh, uh stuttering absolutely nothing so I'm getting a little bit worried so yeah my garden is started is so beautiful I love doing rituals I love going outside and drinking my tea and just spending my mornings in my garden I also just love just planting so many manifestations in there like I love just putting my note cards in there I don't know it just feels like a little womanhood thing to have a garden it feels so feminine <laughs> so yeah i'm just really excited about that but it feels like it's been a while since i connected with y'all which is why i want to give you a quick weekly update you guys are probably like girl it hasn't even been that long but to me it feels like it's been a little while so yeah now i got that out the way let's drop into this episode I made this podcast episode because I find rejection and abandonment to be one of the deepest wounds within the feminine. It's so hard to navigate. And the question arises, how do we sit with this? How do we move through the pain? And I called this episode Navigating Triggers, and it may become a series because I really just want to explore the triggers that so many people have a hard time just moving through. And I think that the thing about rejection and abandonment that come conversation around it there's so much shame from women embarrassment and lack of depth and I feel like we finally just need a conversation where we dive really deep into rejection and abandonment because I find so many women including myself for so many years dealing with the wound of abandonment and I did not even realize it and which is why I was self-abandoning for so many of my life because 
I had a very hard time dealing with rejection, abandonment. And there's so many women who have a hard time building this healthy relationship to rejection. For the past few months, I will not lie, I have been sitting with both rejection and abandonment. And out of all the triggers that I do have, as I am very human, um, this has been probably one of the hardest triggers to navigate. But as I have navigated through it and sat down with it, instead of, you know, reacting to rejection, abandonment, as so many of us do, and as it's so normal because we are human, instead, I decided to take the back seat and just sit with it and to just ask it questions and with our triggers it's very important that we ask these triggers questions we conversate with them and we just we create this space where we're not getting how can i say it we're not getting rid you know of the trigger right because i feel like so much of the work is like get rid of it but it's not so much i learn when dealing with triggers it's not so much get rid of it it's more so building a healthy relationship with it for the rest of my life and probably for the rest of your life, you will find yourself being triggered by abandonment and rejection. That is normal, right? It is so incredibly normal. And so the thing about it is let's get rid of this, this notion that we have to get rid of being triggered by it. For the rest of my days, I'm probably going to probably I'm probably gonna get triggered by rejection or abandonment. The difference is I can build a healthy relationship to it. Instead of reacting from this disempowered trauma place like I used to before I had this wisdom and knowledge, I can instead, let me just sit with this. Let me just see what this rejection, abandonment is trying to teach me, teach me. because I truly believe and it's strongly my opinion that in each trigger that we have, there is medicine to be found. And I am living proof of that. And with me navigating through abandonment and rejection, I found so much medicine, so, so much medicine that has healed me and that has really impacted my perspective on so many things. So if you are not aware, I'm going to first start share my story because I love to share my stories as I love to not make people feel, you know, like they're alone in their shit. No, we all have our shit. <laughs> so if you're not aware for the people who are new to my podcast, it was a few months ago where I experienced a breakup and it was a very harsh breakup. It was a breakup that I was not prepared for. It was a breakup that I was not ready for. It was a breakup that I can probably say was very traumatizing and it was like it wasn't a horrible breakup because he spoke to me and he had talked to me about it. like he literally sat me down and he talked to me however in the space that I was in the relationship I was just not ready to let go I was like I don't want to do this I don't think this is the right decision I really just don't want to break up with you because I love you so incredibly much and I don't want to do this however he felt like it was best that we did not continue the relationship and he broke up with me. Now, you can only imagine how I felt in that space and maybe you experienced it, but I felt this deep, 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 deep level of rejection and abandonment. And I have so many stories of abandonment as out in this podcast episode. I want to go through the deep, like the, like the so many levels of abandonment, parent rejection, day-to-day -day rejection, abandonment, romance there's so many layers of rejection abandonment that I want to get to in this podcast but 
this this rejection abandonment it sent me into like this period of just deep deep alone time and when I say deep alone time it's not like depressed alone time it was like contemplative alone time like okay I just need to take a deep breath and let me just sit back let me just be in the driver's seat and I feel like sometimes it's just best to just be like you know what instead of just driving this car as I always did try to control everything let me for once just sit in the back seat and just let the car drive me you know let me just sit in the back and that's what I did and I sat down with rejection and abandonment and even a few weeks ago maybe you heard on my story one of the people that I have I'm not gonna say her name but I will say I have mentioned her in this podcast as somebody I deeply admired and looked up to and was inspired by. And she um, had something to say about me and it deeply hurt it. And so that was also a layer of rejection, abandonment that I felt. So as you can see with these examples that I gave you, abandonment and rejection is a deeply painful wound it's it's it hurts and it's a wound that just leaves us our nervous system just you know everywhere it's a wound that if I can't even describe the pain you guys I don't even have words for it but it's a very deeply painful wound so number one Let's drop down vulnerability. The reason, and I found that the reason why it was so hard for me to deal with rejection and abandonment is because number one of vulnerability. And when we go around rejection and abandonment, we can see the vulnerability surrounding it. And the reason why so many women have a hard time with sitting down with it is because of this vulnerability place that it takes you into, right? When you're rejected or you're abandoned, it leaves you in this vulnerability that a lot of women are scared of and run away from. And so when I got broken up by my boy, by my ex-boyfriend, you can only believe the amounts of vulnerability I felt in that moment. And I felt after that moment, it was a deeply vulnerable place. But what I did different in that moment was I said, instead of me running away from this vulnerability as I always did as a child, as a teenager, let me sit with this. Let me see what this vulnerability, I have my notes right here. Let me see what this vulnerability has to teach me. Because the thing about it is when, when we're rejected, it triggers that. So instead of running away, let's sit with that. And the thing about it is what vulnerability is trying to teach us in the moments of being rejected or abandoned is telling us self-regulate, self-validate. When you are rejected or abandoned by somebody, it leaves you in this position to how to depend on yourself and because a lot of women cannot do that a lot of women don't even know how to do that they self-abandon because they're like I don't know how to self-regulate I don't know how to self-validate no one is teaching us how to do that and even in my podcast of the centering men you can go see it I explain how so many women go their whole lives around their lives around men because nobody teaches us how to validate our own selves, how to validate our own experiences, how to regulate our own emotions. And this is what the vulnerability triggers. It's saying, okay, now it's time for you to regulate. You have, now you have to depend on yourself. This person do not want you. This person has rejected has abandoned you can you hold yourself through this 
can you work yourself through this? It, it's that scary question of, okay, I don't have anybody else but me. But I don't even have me. Like, I don't, like, ever. everybody else is going. Like, this person that I really love, they're no longer here. This thing that I really love, maybe it's a job. This thing right here is no longer here that was really dependable. It's no longer here. It's only me. But I can't even turn to me. So what do I do in this moment? You sit with that. You say, okay, number one, you admit, I just, it's a, and that was for me, I just cannot sit with myself. And that was, that's when I had to do after the breakup. I had to literally go into like this space where I had to say, you know, I cannot sit with myself. This solitude is scary. I do not like being in solitude. This right here, it, this is scary. I can't sit with myself. And with that honesty and with that vulnerability, it led me into the deepest of medicine. And that's why I tell women all the time when navigating through triggers, I tell women it's very important you're honest. For example, let's say for let's say your trigger is what's a trigger, y'all? What's a trigger? I can't think of one right now. But just think of any trigger that you have. The the most the most real and honest place that you're gonna come to when coming into medicine is admitting that. It's my first saying, this is a trigger for me. This right here hurts. And so for me, because it was vulnerability and abandonment, I had to say, I can't sit with myself. I need people. I need validation. I cannot self-validate because I like validation from other people. I like external validation. It was honest. It was vulnerable. And so when I admitted that, that is when I said, okay, well, what, what can we do to self-regulate, right? Because I self-validated in that moment when I was honest about that trigger, that was self-validation. And that's what self-validation is. For people who don't know what that is, it's honoring our own experiences, our emotions, and it's coming into union with recognizing our experience with the situation. And it was self-regulation. It's like, okay, now that I have self-validated, how can I self-regulate? How can I regulate my nervous system how can I bring my nervous system back into safety after I admit that it was like okay how can I now anchor into safety how can I anchor into love my ex just broke up with me I am devastated that self-validation self-regulation is now okay I'm, I'm devastated right now what I can be doing is going to celibacy so that was my point of self-regulation so self-regulating for me was celibacy that was my regulation. I need a period of just deep self-regulate, deep, deep celibacy where I'm not engaging with no man. I'm decentering men. I am not contacting with no romantic partner. I'm not sexually giving myself up because the thing about it is and after he broke up with me, it, it, I just did not see myself moving sexually like I just did not want to be sexual with anybody I just knew that was not right for me so self-regulation was saying okay I'm not gonna be having sex with people for a period of time and in my celibacy I want to do it not like the celibate that everyone talk about where you know not having sex not masturbating not doing no, no, no. this strict way of celibacy I want it to be a beautiful celibacy I want to be a celibacy that is honoring that I can look back at and say if it caused me to go back into this period I'm okay with that and I want this celibacy to be not scary like I don't want to be scared of celibacy and I was scared of celibacy when I was having sex because of the way it was taught. And so my celibacy in the way that I um, like to explain it is it's fun. 
it's joyful and it's freeing in a way it's not like you're held by shackles it's free it's beautiful it's joyful it's enlightening and that celibacy that i went into that i am now and so in this celibacy, I really learned self-validation, self-regulation because I'm almost forced to sit with myself and to sit with my triggers. And a lot of women don't want to sit with themselves. But in order to navigate through abandonment and rejection, you're going to have to sit with yourself on that because that is what it's calling you to do. That's why you have been abandoned and rejected because it's God, it's the universe, whatever you know, the world you believe in, it's telling you it's time for you to self-validate and self-regulate. It's a calling to do that. And if you keep missing that calling by going back to the same thing that has abandoned or rejected you or you're avoiding rejected rejection or abandonment, if you keep ignoring that calling, that trigger going to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. So you need to self-regulate. You need to figure out how can I move my nervous system back into safety. And so I have really worked on moving my nervous system back into safety in celibacy where I'm doing my meditations, I'm doing my my deep breath work, my yoga, I'm going to cafes, I'm working with women, I'm creating sisterhoods. These are ways that I have regulated myself, 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 after I've been abandoned. Even after, another example was me and him, before we, we we used to go to bed, we would um call each other and we would just stay on the phone all night long. Like, we would fall asleep on the phone. But after we broken up, that was no more. Like, my nightly routines no longer had him. My nightly routines no longer included him. My morning routines no longer included him. So, self-regulation was like, okay, let's create a nightly routine that is nourishing, that feels good. So, my nightly routine now looks like taking a nice hot shower with my beautiful products and then coming into my room um lighting a candle an incense dancing lighting is not lighting music but playing music lifting up my window letting the natural air come in watching me a nice movie with snacks and that is my nightly routine is fully nourishing and safe and it's regulating my nervous system back into that safety that it once wasn't in. And when you've been abandoned and rejected, it's very important that you know that your nervous system is not in a safe place, especially if you're self-abandoning in the process. Your nervous system is not in a safe place. It sends you into this fight or flight mode, which is why so many of us have a hard time with navigating through this because our nervous system is just not safe. Our bodies is like, I am not safe here. You are not a safe place. And your womb is saying, we are not safe, right? Because our womb stores up so much. So whenever you've been abandoned or rejected, your womb stores that. And so you have to go inside your womb and you have to just be like, okay, what is here that I need to release? And womb, doing lots of womb work was also very pivotal for me with navigating through rejection and abandonment. It was sitting inside the belly of my womb. So a lot of things that I do is like guided meditations where, you know, close your eyes put your hand in your womb and just sink really deep into your womb and see what's in there and doing that it helped me to release so many emotions that I had towards abandonment what I did not know is I saw mother wounds I'm now shifting into parenting you know when they abandon you and when they reject you and I saw my womb was so many mother and father wounds there were so many abandonment 
so much stuff around there that was unresolved with my own parents like the reason why these breakups that would go through with me and the reason why they hurt it so much and it would devastate me and the reason why I got like I got fired at a job once <laughs> and it was so painful like anything like any sort of rejection or abandonment that I would go through it was just so painful and the reason why was because the first people in my life which was my parents I felt abandoned by them and rejected by them in the beginning stages of my life as somebody who was the, I was my first, I was the first daughter and being a woman and you know, my mom having her first daughter, I can only imagine how hard that was for her because she had so many things that she was working on when she had me. And so I, for my teenage teenagehood in my childhood my mom did not know how to raise me my mom had a very hard time with raising me and she did not know how to direct me into my fullest embodiment and my father he my father you know he did not live with us so sometimes I thought I could not depend on him as much as I wanted to so I felt abandoned and rejected by them for a lot of my life, especially my mother, because me, me and my mom had a very horrible, horrible relationship. So when navigating through rejection and abandonment, it's about saying, what is my relationship with my parents, right? It's going back and saying, what is my relationship with my mom? What is my, my relationship with my dad? Because that all plays into it. And so with me, it was like my, me and my mom relationship was terrible terrible and she didn't she didn't know how to raise me and because of that I struggled with this very deep mother wound and so this kind of created sisterhood wounds where I would fall out with you no know, friends that I would make with girls because I just felt so lonely and so alone as a child because my mom just felt I felt she wasn't there for me and parts of my life even when I started my period my mom was not there I was at my dad's house when I um got my first my first boyfriend my mom was supportive however she it 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 was very <laughs> i say that you guys it, it, you know we had a we had a hard time with that too so me and my mom we would fight even even in my my high school years middle school years me and my mom we had a very terrible relationship we just it was just not good and so i felt deeply abandoned by my mom like if I can go back into my life, if pinpointing my triggers, it will all lead back to my mom. It will all lead back to the relationship I had with my mom. Like, that's here because I felt like this with my mom. And so my abandonment, my, my rejection wound was hit so deeply because I felt like that by my own mother. It was like, you don't want me. You don't want me. My own damn mother don't want me. <laughs> my father is somewhere in another state. Here I am, like, I don't want me. Who the hell wants me? That's how I felt like. It's a very lonely place to be in with your parents. And so with me, it was about saying, okay, in order for me to heal my mother wound, I had to first remother myself and not only remother myself, but understand that my mother is a deeply sovereign person. She is responsible for her own actions I cannot save my mom I cannot change my mom and so the thing about dealing with abandonment and rejection is number one stop trying to save people and I say that because when someone is has a high level of dealing with the trigger of abandonment and rejection they try to change people 
to make them want them, to make them see their value. And the truth is, you can't do that. You can't make people value you. You can't make people um change and that was a very hard lesson for me to learn I can't save my mother I can't show her how to parent me because she is the parent she should be parenting me not reverse (laughs) you know I can't show my dad how to bring me into deepest love I can't show my parents that they are on their own they are they're their own person with their own issues and I can't do it it's not my responsibility as a child to make them see what I see, right? That is not my responsibility. And so for a lot of people who deal with the father wound or a mother wound, you need to first come to terms with the fact you cannot change your parents. Your parents will change if they really, really know deep in their soul, they want to change. Your parents are only going to change if they want to create a healthy relationship with you in this lifetime. It's a lot of parents and that just don't see it for themselves in this lifetime. It's a lot of parents who don't see themselves coming into their deepest embodiment with their children in this lifetime. Maybe in 50 other lifetimes, but in this lifetime, it just may not be for them. And so, excuse me, when healing that mother wound and that father wound, I had to just accept that. I had to accept the fact I cannot change these people, but I can change the way I show up with them. I can change the way that I come up with them. I feel deeply abandoned by my mom. I feel deeply rejected by both of them. However, however, I don't have to feel that way with myself. I can show up differently with myself and with them. And so that began with, I need to remother myself. I need to refather myself. I need to just reparent myself. So that was when I became my own parent. When I say my own parent, it was about, okay, what do what are my needs? Because no one knows your needs better than you. And sometimes it comes down to the parent wound and feeling abandoned by your parents. is because you just desperately want them to meet your needs. But the truth is, a lot of parents don't know your needs. A lot of parents don't know their needs because they don't know their own damn needs. And so it's about saying, okay, I know my needs though. I know it. I know what I need. I know it's going to make me feel good. I know it makes me feel nourished. So in order for me to come into this space where I'm not so like high on the trigger of abandonment and rejection, I need to be able to meet them. My nervous system, my body, my womb needs to be in a place where if it gets triggered, if my if you know something happens, my body knows it's going to be redirected back into safety. But what so many women do, their body just feels like I'm never going to find safety. Your body should be able to say, I feel safe right now, but the person, but no, I'm going to be redirected back into safety. I know that in the end of the day, She's going to she's going to regulate me back into that safety. So with my mom and with healing that, it was about, okay, let me remother myself. That meant I need to be nurturing myself. And that started with simple stuff. Okay, let me take me a little nice bath. Let me read poetry books to myself. Let me journal about how I feel. Let me go to my own therapy appointments because I used to beg my mom, like, mom, just take me to therapy. Just take me to therapy. But she just did not do it. She did not do it. And so that, when I started making my own money, started getting my own job, okay, I said, you know what? I can buy my own damn therapy. I can, you know, I can do that myself. And then it was like, okay, mom, like, can you start cooking meals? Can you start, you know, being there for us? Can we start eating at the table as a family? 
she's not gonna do that she doesn't want to do that let me start cooking my own meals let me, let me sit at the table by myself that's okay that is a-okay with my mom hey mom i would really love if we could just start having deeper conversations she's not going to do that i can't change her okay i can have deep conversations with myself i can hear myself and so through actions like that i remothered myself now remember i remember in my very first spiritual awakening i did so much of that so 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 much of that i would watch little ceremonies on my laptop because my mom's a Christian woman. However, me, I'm not a Christian. I just did not feel a deep resonance to Christianity. And for a lot of my childhood, my teenage, my teenagehood, she would try to, you know, put me into Christianity, but it just was not for me. So with remothering myself, it was about saying, okay, I accept my own spirituality. I'm going to watch my own ceremonies on the laptop. Let me find some um some worship videos on my laptop that I like that makes me feel good start my own garden let me start my own garden and so with this it was about just okay I can be my own mom and my mom is always my mom like I love my mom we have healed our relationships I want to mention that however in that period of time, we was not on good terms. So I had to be that mother to myself. And with refathering myself, because my dad was not there. Oh, hello, you guys. This chair is kind of uncomfortable. Like my butt hurts sitting on it. <laughs> but with refathering myself, my dad was not there. Like my dad is there. Let me correct. My dad was very present in my life. However, he lived in different states. So when me and my mom had things going on, my dad wasn't able to be there to regulate, you know, Things. So situations would be escalated because my dad was just not there, but he is very present. When I call him, he picks up the phone, he gets us, takes us, takes us up there to the state. So my dad is very present. However, during that time, I just felt like I felt rejected and abandoned by both of them. And so I had to refather myself. And what I mean by refathering was creating structure in my life. And this is why I have nightly routines. I have morning routines. I have evening routines and this creates a structure in my life. It was about getting so firm on my boundaries and my values as a woman. I value marriage. I value children. I value empowerment. I value activism. I value um, righteousness. I value truth. I value wisdom. It's about getting firm on that. It's about shifting my career to that, shifting my life to that, right? Because I got firm my boundaries. It's about creating that structure and that in these um this very masculine this very masculine place for myself that was healthy so boundaries creating structure creating um this base yeah it's a very masculine place for yourself but it's not overpowering right it's not unhealthy it's a very healthy place and you feel secure there you feel safe there the feminine nurtures she nourishes she brings us into like this very loving place you feel comforted but that masculine place of boundaries and structure it makes you feel secure it makes you feel safe so within the abandonment wound and the rejection wound i had this self-esteem issue i was very insecure had very self, low self-esteem. I will go into friendships. I would go into relationships from this very disempowered place of, you're going to leave someday. I can't keep nobody. Everyone leaves my life. And it was like this very victimized position, right? We see these quotes on Tumblr. Nobody stays with me. And 
oh, like, you know, everyone leaves eventually and I can't keep nobody. He's going to leave eventually because he's going to one day see my wounds. It's, it's this very victim state. Very, it gives victim. It gives like this very victim state that you just cannot pull yourself out of. And that's where, that's where I was. I was really in that state. I would go into relationships and friendships like, you're going to leave someday. So mm, whatever, you know, everyone leaves me someday. This is a very abandoned place because I felt so abandoned. So I felt like everyone else was going to abandon me. And they did because they was only reaffirming that wound, that truth that I stored inside my body for so, so, so long. So the only thing that they were doing, which is revalidating that. So when you don't heal your wounds and you don't navigate your triggers in a healthy way you're going you're to find yourself in situations where you constantly have them revalidated and revalidated and revalidated and so for me when it came down to healing that it was about saying let me get out of this victim position and let me shift it to this empowered position i can change the, the story i can change the way i show up I don't have to self-abandon. And when you come in this place of not self-abandoning, you will find yourself like if someone decides to leave your life, right? You're not so hurt about it. You it's, it's like, and even if you are hurt about it, right? Because you can still be dysregulated. It's like, okay, they're allowed to leave. Like now it's like when someone rejects me or if someone you know, decides to abandon, it's like, no one see it as abandonment at that point. It's like people are allowed to leave. People are allowed to not want us. People are allowed that. People are allowed that, that, that decision. If you believe that people are very sovereign, you have the right to make that decision if you want to stay in my life or not. And that was a beautiful thing, a beautiful medicine for me to learn. And this is why I say sit down with these type of stuff because there's so much medicine in it. And that's why I learned. I was like, wait a minute. People are allowed to leave, period. Like, yes, it hurts. Yes, it hurts when someone does not want to be there. Yes, it hurts when someone leaves. But the truth is, people are allowed to make that, make that decision as sovereign people. My ex, he was allowed to break up with me. He was allowed to say, I don't see myself fit in this space no more. He was allowed that. And a lot of women, they struggle with this abandonment and rejection wound because subconsciously in their mind, if you, you know, look, They'll find that you think that people are not allowed to leave. You think that people are not allowed to make that decision. But the truth is they are. And people, and I hate to say this, I hate to say this. Oh my God, I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. And people are allowed to also not give you an explanation to why they left. Now wait before you give me a one-star rating and say that I'm full of shit. (laughs) Let me explain. (laughs) People, when they calm down that someone, someone making a decision, that is for them. That is for them. And so if somebody says, I just do not see myself fit here. I don't see myself fit. They are allowed to leave and not give you an explanation. No one owes anybody an explanation. It would be nice, right? We can always admit that. It would be nice for somebody to tell us why they left. And I'm lucky because my ex actually sat me down and he told me why it was just not fit for him. But there's so many girls where their boyfriends didn't. Maybe he cheated. Now that right there, there's never, I never condone that. But maybe something happened where he just felt like he was not right for you and he left. 
people are allowed to make these decisions for themselves. Now, let's say that, you know, he cheated. Let's say you were abandoned or rejected by cheating. This is a time when you need to know that number one, he's full of shit. You don't even want that. Like you should be glad that he doesn't know that he, that he does not want you back. Right. Like you should be glad that you found that out about him, that number one, you're not loyal and you're not faithful. Right. Okay. Toss your piece of shit ass to the side, toss his ass to the side. Now it's time to understand that that had nothing to do with you. Him cheating, that had nothing to do with you. And this is the part of abandonment and rejection that comes when with shame. Like, a lot of women start, start, to, uh, start to feel shame and embarrassment. No, that had nothing to do with you. His weak, coward, misogynistic, pitiful decision, him being a pitiful man, had nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. And instead, you should be glad... You should be glad that he is now setting you free from that shitty mess that he's trying to put you in. That right there, pitiful. He's not even a man. Like, like let's, let's take that title away from him. He's not even a true masculine man. He's not even a masculine man. He's weak. You should be glad that had nothing to do with you. And I want to mention that from some of the girls who are like, well, I've been cheated on. So that had nothing to do with you. In that moment, it's time, like I said, about, and, you know, like I said a few minutes ago, you need to self-regulate and self-validate. And self-validating is saying, self-regulation is saying, that had nothing to do with me. Him cheating, him being a nar- narcissist, him being abuser, that had nothing, nothing to do with right here. Me, I'm a beautiful person. I am so deeply worthy of love. In this moment of time, I'm going to give myself that. I'm going to give myself all of that love that I wanted from this pitiful man that couldn't even give it to me because he couldn't give it to his damn self. A man that is truly in his masculine, a man that is truly in love with himself, he would never do that. Ever. A man that has himself respect for himself, he would never put himself in that position to lose a deeply valuable woman, a deeply worthy woman. So it's about saying, how can I expect this man to bring me into the deepest love when he can't bring himself into the deepest love? That's just, you just can't, you just can't, yeah, that right there is like, you can't expect that from them. No, they're, no, you can't expect that. But what I'm saying is about them owing you no explanation on some cases is, some people they feel like that 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 decision is so good for them and it's like I don't want to I don't want to talk about it there's nothing else to say this is what I'm saying sometimes the rejection the abandonment is enough no words follows that it's like this is it this is the response this is the statement the answer that you're looking for the rejection is the answer the abandonment is the answer I can't give you no words and sometimes maturity and coming into a deep womanhood is about saying, stop, look, it's about saying, you know, instead of looking for answers, you know, can someone answer this? Can someone answer this? I need clarity. I need closure because that's what so many women want. Closure from their parents, from a boyfriend, from this or that. Closure. And sometimes the closure is the rejection. Sometimes the closure is the abandonment. And I know it's hard, a very hard pill to swallow, but let's, let's, let's swallow. Let's swallow. <laughs> let's swallow that was the answer there's no closure needed in in after the breakup with my ex it was like i need more closure i need more closure and sometimes and what god was telling me was allison the closure is him breaking up with you that was the answer so think of the answer in your head the breakup 
the parents leaving, the parents rejecting you for who you are, that is the answer. And for kids and for people, I do I do have people in LGBT who are listening to my podcast and that is so no I couldn't imagine how hard that would be to have parents who reject you for who you are. And so there's even kids who be like, no, I I want closure for that. For that's that's this is who I am. For kids who are no for people, not to say kids, but for people who are, you know, witches and who are different spiritually, they're not Christian, who are non-binary, who are a part of that community, is always like this. I need closure. You know, I need closure. Like this, this person, my parents don't want me. Why? Why I want that? And it's okay to want that, right? It's self-validation to say, I want that. I want my parents to want me. I want my parents to accept me. But the truth is, I can't change the fact that, that, that they don't want me. And I need to be okay with that. I need to be able to sit with that. And I don't need to internalize that rejection, that abandonment, and then self-abandon, because that's what a lot of people do. They internalize self-abandonment, they internalize the self-rejection, no, not, not the self-rejection, but they internalize the abandonment, they internalize the rejection, and then they begin to do it to themselves. If this person don't want me, why should I want myself? They internalize this, and I know is there's literally kids, like children, that I know who are 13, 12, who are already showing signs of self-abandoning. And they don't know it. They don't know that they're self-abandoning, but they are. And so it's about saying, and this, 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 and this is what I love, my question. I'm in a space of love, but how can I come deeper? And so it's about recognizing those parts of yourself. What parts of myself that has been abandoned? And that was for me, myself in journey, I had to ask a lot. What part of myself has been abandoned? What part of myself have I not shown up fully to? What part of myself have I left behind because people told me that this part of myself deserves shame and deserves to be, you know, to be casted away? For me, that was my spirituality. For me, I identify as a shaman. I identify as somebody who does practice the the occult and does practice witchcraft. And for me, it was about accepting that. Accepting that I'm a deeply spiritual woman and I love God, but I'm not a Christian. And me coming into the deepest love for myself is about saying I'm not going to abandon that part of myself. Just because my mom don't, don't accept that, I'm not going to reject that. That is who I am. That's who I am. And I have to be fully, fully okay with that. So if my mom do come up to me and say, oh, I don't think that you, I don't think that's right. I, okay, well that's you but that's not me this works for me this makes me feel so deeply aligned that may not be for you but it's for me and that's okay and so it's about going to those places where you have self-abandoned where you have neglected where you have left behind and it is about saying how can I anchor truth and love into that how can I come into the deepest love for myself in this space how can I do that and then it's about also accepting your heart desires, which I talk about so, so much in this podcast. For me, it, when I was in my relationship with my, um, with my ex, excuse me, with my ex, I abandoned the fact that I wanted marriage because he didn't want marriage, but I did. And so I'm kind of glad that we should kind of end it because 
honestly, we had different mindsets and I'm going to get into that. But I wanted marriage and he didn't. So I began to self-abandon and I began to reject the idea of marriage. But after the breakup, I saw myself now reclaiming that truth and being firm on that truth once again. And so it's almost like when we're rejected, when we're abandoned, there's, it's almost like it's it's somewhere in our universe, God telling us somewhere in you, you're abandoning yourself, which is why they have abandoned you because it's to show you that you're abandoning yourself in some shape or form. And so when you restore those levels of yourself, which you have abandoned, you begin to come into spaces from this very restorative place instead of, instead of this abandoned place, which I was coming into relationships from because I was abandoned. So the only, the only communication that I knew was abandonment. The only thing that I knew of was abandonment. So I would go to guys who would abandon me, friendships that was abandoning because I felt that way internally. So the energy was casted out. And so I was led into spaces that was rejecting of me because I was I was rejecting of me. But the moment that I became a restorative woman, I restored those places and I'm still working on it. That was abandoned. I love behind. I began to come into relationships and friendships from this very deeply empowered place of I'm safe here because you're a safe person. I know safety. So I know how to anchor myself into safety. But when you don't know safety, you lead yourself into unsafe places. And you have to have grace for that, which I did. And so once I, once I taught myself safety, I didn't have to you know, pull from this very unsafe narrative, this story that I once told myself. It was okay and it was safe for me to leave behind that story of, I'm going to always get left and no one ever stays. Nah, do, 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 do. I had to, I had to be able to be like, okay, I'm safe now. I no longer resonate with that story. And sometimes a lot of women don't want to admit it, but a lot of women, they don't want to leave behind that victim story because it makes them feel in control in some sort of way, but it's not giving you a control. It's just making you more unsafe and more unsafe and more unsafe. And this is why a lot of women, they get into these very rejecting and abandoning marriages. They get into these marriages with crap men. They go into spaces where it's rejecting and it's, you know, it's just awful because they are still in this victim mentality. And if you want to come into a very deeply empowered mentality, you have to leave behind the victim. You have to tell that girl who's the victim, like, listen, girl, I love you. I honor you because, you know, at some point in my life, you know, I did like you were here. So I have to honor you. But I no longer resonate with you. I like and sometimes that's, you know, and that's a great statement. I honor this relationship, but I no longer resonate with it. I honor you, girl, but I no longer resonate. I'm now safe. I'm now secure. I'm now healthy. I don't have to resonate with this this story no more. This story is no longer belonging to me. And so sometimes with rejection and abandonment, it's about going internally and saying, I honor this relationship. I honor my parents. I honor this person. I honor that place. But it no longer resonates. And I need to be able to move gracefully from that. And I'm telling I got fired from my job one day. <laughs> and it was like, I was like, you know, but how I was like 17, 17, and I got fired. Yeah, I'm like, this seat is so uncomfortable. I'm so sorry. Excuse me. I got fired, 
And I remember going home and I was just so, so devastated. My first job, I had got fired. I was so devastated. And I felt rejected because I loved the people I worked with. But guess what? The pay was not good. The pay was awful. But I loved the people I worked with. I loved the crew. I just loved being there. It was always fun. But the, the pay was awful. So in that moment, instead of me pulling from this very depressing and victimized story of everyone leaves and no one wants me and I'm just always the girl that gets left, I can pull from the story of there's something better coming. There is a faith. It's faith. And hold on to that word because we're going to go to that. There's faith. This this job was not was not resonating with me. The the job financially was not good. Okay, faith will say I can get another one that pays twice as good and I did. After that after that job had fired me, guess what? I ended up getting a job that was double double the pay. And so when you when you learn how to build a healthy relationship with abandonment and rejection, I'm not saying, you know, get rid of the trigger. It's more like like the title says, navigating triggers. You're navigating it. You're building a healthy relationship with it. Once you're going to build a healthy relationship with it, you create these stories that is so healthy and so nourishing. I am so glad. And I was talking to God and I said, I mean, no, he told me this. And I was like, he was, you know, he told me, he was like, be glad when the things that are not meant for you do not want you. And sometimes a lot of women, it's hard for them to come into the space where they are, you know, they, they don't get so affected by emo- by abandonment and rejection is because they want the things that don't want them to want them. Does that make sense? They want <laughs> the thing that don't want them to want them. Yeah. And you need to be glad. It's a blessing when that thing don't want you, when it's not meant for you. When the thing that, that knows not meant for you don't want you either. It's so unlucky when the thing that is not meant for you still wants you in your presence. It is a blessing, a God-given blessing. When that thing don't want you, when that thing not meant for you, is like, I don't want you too, girl. I don't want you either. I'm not meant for you. I don't want you. Why would you want some, something that's not meant for you to want you? And when I heard that, I was like, Wow, like that is so incredibly true. And my perspective changed. So now instead of seeing rejection and abandonment as like this this death sentence as so many of us do, like, oh my God, this is a death sentence, this is the end all. I began seeing it as this deep calling to a part of myself that needed reverence, that needed self-validation and self-regulation. And so then when I started restoring those parts of myself, now, when something decides or somebody decides they don't want to be there or that it's just not fit for them, I'm a okay with that. I'm like, okay, can I get this regulated at times? Yes, I'm human. I still get triggered. Yes. However, I now know how to navigate it. I now know, I now have this blueprint sheet of how to navigate it. It's no longer like this, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? It's now like, Take a deep breath. Okay, I know what to do. I know how to do this. Okay, I've been through this. And I've experienced so much rejection, abandonment, like from friendships. I had girls that would sometimes be like, we just we just don't want to be your friends no more. Like, we just don't see this relationship as fit. Even as a kid, I was bullied a lot. So 
I would always eat alone. And I thought people who were my friends were going to sit with me, but they never did. And so it was always like this lonely feeling I felt, like this this very lonely feeling. And so I hated solitude. Like anytime I was called to go alone and go within, I would hate it because I always had these traumatizing stories attached to solitude. I always, and so if someone mentioned solitude or being alone, I immediately thought of that girl who sat at the lunch table by herself. I immediately thought the girl during the group projects, everyone had a partner, so it means I had to work with the teacher. I immediately thought of the girl who would have to, you know, if at the, at high, in high school, the pep rally, I had to sit in the benches by myself because, you know, I didn't really have friends to share with. So it was like, I had so many traumatizing stories to pull from, but I didn't want to be the victim no more. And so what I did was I redefined my solitude. I said, solitude does not have to be this, right? Solitude does not have to be like this very sad, miserable, depressing story. It can, solitude can be so beautiful. And so in my celibacy, I had to redefine solitude. I had to put a new definition to solitude. My solitude is not this lonely, end all death sentence. It is in this miserable place. I love my solitude now. Like my solitude feels so warm and comforting. Because I redefined it. I go to cafes. I I start my own garden. I um do my, my morning and nightly journaling. It's so good to me. Because I redefined it. And these things make me feel like what is abandonment? What is rejection? I don't reject my own damn self. I don't see rejection, abandonment as a bad thing as long as you're not abandoning yourself. If you're not abandoning or rejecting yourself... I don't care about who else does not accept me or who else does not wish of me. Now, will I say, do I still sometimes get triggered by it? Yes, if, if, if it's the person I deeply admire. However, I can sit with that. I can go through that and I can just, you know, now I can release it. It used to be, I can't release it. I just have to hold on to it. It's hard. Now it's like, listen, I'm, I'm dysregulated. My nervous system is out of place. I'm triggered. But... I know I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to eventually release it. I know to navigate this. I know how to cuz I have a healthy relationship with abandonment and rejection. So, like I said again, I keep repeating myself. I'm gonna, I'm going to say it again. It's about not getting rid of the trigger. It's navigating it and having a healthy relationship to it. Are there some days I still wake up with anxiety and I still wake up with this, you know, you know I'm sad? Yeah. There are still days when I'm like, okay, I'm not here. Like, I'm dysregulated. It's just not, I'm not feeling it today. But how can I, how can I bring truth and love into this space? How can I meet myself where I'm at? How can I self-validate and self-regulate? Okay, this morning I have anxiety. And instead of getting on my phone and hopping on social media, let me plot my journal let me write about my anxiety. Let me write about what's causing it. And let, let me write about some, some, something that I can do in the next five minutes to release it. Let me go outside, have a cup of tea in my garden. Boom, regulate it. Boom. Let me do some chants. Let me do a mantra. And I, my, one of my chants that I have been, I would say mantras, yeah. One of the things I've been saying during my meditations, I'll say like, I do not live in thoughts. I do not live in thoughts. I do not live in thoughts. And I just say that over and over and over again until, you know, something in my soul truly believes it. 
And so it's about identifying what part of you have you left behind yourself. Because the truth is, stop looking externally, right? Stop looking out there. Stop looking at the window. You can't keep looking at the window when you have so much shit in the house. Look inside the damn house. See, you so bothered and you're so looking out the window. You're like, what's out the window? What's out there? You're not even looking at the damn house. What's inside the house? Fix the house first and then look out the window. And then look out the window. It can be raining, pouring down, thundering outside. The out, outdoor just look a mess. But guess what? Inside, inside my room is clean. My kitchen is clean. The living room is clean. Inside is beautiful. So I'm not so concerned about outdoors. I'm not like, but when your room is messy and when your kitchen is messy, you're going to be like, oh my God, outside messy too. Damn, this is a bad damn life. Shit, the, <laughs> life is terrible. Shit, <laughs> When life is not terrible, you're just not looking inside the house. Clean the damn house first. Clean the home first. And so once I begin to work inside the home, Whatever was happening outside, I bring my awareness to it, but I'm not stuck on it. I'm not demotivated. I'm not demotivated by it. I'm like, okay, you know, outside is raining. Okay. But, you know, my house is clean. I have running water. I have a nice, beautiful shower. I have a good stove to cook my meals on. Okay. It's like the house is beautiful. What's going on out there is none of my business. Boom. It's called internal validation. You're not looking externally. You're not looking at them to accept you or her to accept you or he to to accept you. Looking at yourself. Because in the end of the day, if you are not accepting of yourself, you're going to always lose. Now, for those who experience a death, this will be very different. This is a very different conversation that you need to have. Very different because that's... There's a whole different level of grief and abandonment and rejection. So this probably won't resonate as much. But what I can tell you is, can you meet yourself in that? Can you meet yourself in that grief? Can you hold yourself in that grief? It is everyday thing, right? Because with abandonment and rejection, grief does follow. Can you hold, can you meet yourself there? In this moment in time, can you validate that point? Can you, can you validate that emotion of right now I'm grieving? I'm going to be here for a while. And that's okay. I can make a home right here. I can be right here. And I can restore truth into this. And so I just want you guys to understand when navigating the truth of abandonment and rejection, it doesn't have to be a end all death sentence it doesn't have to be a dread it doesn't have to be just something that is so miserable you can have a really loving relationship with abandonment and rejection you can have a beautiful relationship with it you can you can in this lifetime you can have a very healthy relationship with so many of your triggers walk by faith when something leaves you understand something is better coming. Yes, I'm, I'm, I admire that. Yes, if I'm being honest, I want that here. But obviously that doesn't, that, that thing or that person does not see, does not see themselves fit in this space. So I need to have the faith to know 
something better is arriving and sometimes that better thing is you. Sometimes that better thing is you. It's having faith. For my lover girls who love, love, and love relationships, sometimes the faith is saying, I deeply loved that man or whoever you dated. But guess what? I need to have the faith that if he left, goddamn, something better must be damn coming. If he left, that means that the universe or God sees something so much better that I cannot see. But if I just walk by faith, I know, I know that that thing will come. And so with rejection and abandonment, can you meet yourself? Can you hold, can you hold the faith? Can you hold this? Can you hold the feminine principle of filling up those places of yourself that has been abandoned? Can you do it yourself? And if not, be honest. No, I can't. It's hard. I can't do it. And this is when it's time that now, okay, I need help. I need therapy. I need coaching. This is when sign up for my coaching, my one-on-one coaching, my free introduction call. You can always get that. That's when you start saying, okay, therapy, coaching. I need someone to help me. Who can be my mentor? Podcasts. Listen to podcasts. Be honest. Because sometimes the most, the way that we heal a trigger, the way that we come into liberation is when we're just honest. It's hard. I cannot do this on my own. And once you meet yourself with honesty and truth and the utmost reverence, you will see yourself navigating your triggers from this very open and loving and beautiful space. I'm not saying you're going to get rid of it by tomorrow. You may still be hurting after this podcast. But if you can just meet yourself there, I promise you the life that you'll be living a week from now, two weeks from now, a month from now, it will be the most beautiful thing that you've ever witnessed. And I am living proof of that. So please, please, please. I hope that you guys took this wisdom, these truths that I've come to know. I love you guys so much. I'm going to end it here. Please book your free intro call. I love you guys so, so much. Thank you for tuning in to the end. <laughs> I'll see you guys in the next podcast episode.